Wow, haven't we got a lot to talk about. Uh, welcome to the first ever episode, I think, of the Tech Mode podcast, which is weird because there's been like four other episodes on the YouTube channel of the Isolation Diaries. Uh, but this that wasn't a, a long form podcast like the Tech Mode podcast is supposed to be. Uh, but because, you know, we've got now got WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference that just happened. Um, at Apple, we had iOS 14, Mac OS Big Sur, which <laughs> such a weird name. Uh, we had WatchOS, TVOS, uh, and the big news that Apple is now ditching Intel and switching to their own made silicon for their uh, computers from basically here on out, really. So it was, it was a jam-packed event, and we were all wondering because of the, you know the 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 virus that we shall not name, uh, kind of came along and really forced Apple to, again, innovate and was like, well, we can't do our conference live with an audience, so what are we going to do? And I was questioning myself how Apple would do it. And they decided to opt for a pre-recorded session. And honestly, I like it. Like, it's different but it's a good different. And I think a lot of people are saying Apple should do this more often. You don't have the cringy clapping and the, the random guy that woos and whoops at something. Uh, one thing I will say that was incredibly, wasn't cringy, but it was it was interesting. Have a, have a look, you can see here we've got the transitions. <laughs> the transitions were really well done. Uh, I would say drone work, but I feel like they were also kind of simulated a bit. Um, that was just one of the many incredibly very thorough transitions, but it was good. It didn't, like, it's an hour and 51 minutes, but it didn't really feel like it was an hour and 51 minutes because of the fact that it was cut up. There was different environments. You know, you, you watch a, a normal keynote and it's just the stage, it's just them, and really you don't get a lot of variation. It's just them walking up and down the little stage. So this was a change. This was, you know, we had... Um, we had Kevin in the in the gym for watchOS, we had Craig downstairs for the iOS, and we had him upstairs for iPad, and then we had them in another different area for the uh, privacy and, uh, and macOS. So it, it really switched it up, which was quite nice. So I think how I would do it is I would do these conferences, the WWDC, I would honestly do them pre-recorded because I think having a software event pre-recorded so you can put a bit more production value into it and have this kind of stuff here. I mean, there's an incredibly awkward uh, dance sequence, <laughs> which I was going to touch on a little bit later, but I kind of thought, why not uh, just kind of just show you the incredibly awkward dance sequence? So I'm trying to find it here. It was, it was interesting. Now, here we go. I can't play the music because it'll get striked, but just this. This was <laughs> right here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that, quite frankly, because it was incredibly awkward. Um, yeah, the whole thing, that whole segment there was awkward. But I was wondering how the theme of the, again, the virus that we shall not name, how that was going to affect Apple's line of products, you know, if it's going to have an influence on them and their software. And it did, um, because we got a new feature in watchOS, which is a hand-washing feature. And it's not really like any other hand-washing feature like we've seen on the Galaxy Watch. It actually, and this is so baffling still, it actually tracks how the hand-washing signal, how it detects the hand-washing. So with the gyroscopics and the, um, 
the microphones on the watch, it detects when it hears water rushing and soap squishing, for a matter of fact, and it starts a 20 second cycle and it tells you to keep washing if you stop and you get a cool little animation on front of it, um, which is interesting to say the least, but it's something that we're gonna see quite often and from a lot more companies. I mean, this the whole idea of now having to have a feature on a watch that tells you to wash your hands. We're gonna look back on this in 10 years and kind of laugh and say that this was incredibly awkward and incredibly weird to have to have a watch tell you to wash your hands. <laughs> it's weird. So you can see it's got the 14 second bubbles. It's, it's very awkward. I mean, just look at it, it's weird. So that was one thing that happened there, but I thought we'd, we'd pull it back a bit and we'd kind of go in order and we'd start with uh, iOS. Now, I even said on my Twitter, uh, at Tech Mode Podcast, and a lot of other people were saying there was a lot of leaks going around that, I'm just gonna put my arm here because I'm shaking the table a bit, but we, we, we heard from a lot of people that iOS was going to be called iPhone OS, which I agreed with, it made sense, because we've got iPad OS, the Switch last year, we've now got Mac OS, so it just made sense to make the streamline of software to match the product. So it was, it, was, it was a surprise when I saw that they didn't announce it as iPhone OS and still iOS, but I guess that's good. iOS is probably one of their biggest uh, software platforms and changing a name might be too jarring for a lot of people who don't keep up with the behind the scenes. Um, so iOS 14 was a big one. I mean, I, I have the beta currently on my phone and I would say you get bored of it after about a day of playing with it. I mean, it's great. I mean, we've got the, we'll just, we'll just go in order here, kind of. So, it's, they've said they've changed the whole experience of it, and I do agree, it has changed the experience. We've got uh, the widgets now, which I, I get slightly over people saying stolen from Android. Here's my view on that. So, you take Android, and you look at how they do their stuff, it's different, it's completely different to how Apple does things. And you can look and say, sure, you know, Android has done widgets for years and years, but there's something about how Apple takes something and then they use that and they actually make it better. I will say by far, currently, that I like the iOS widgets more than I like the Android widgets. And we haven't got third-party widgets yet, although that will most likely be coming when we've got the APK, APK, APKs um, and developers being able to make uh, third-party widgets. So there's a lot of potential there, but I just like how Apple does it. I mean, there's something about the, I don't know what it is, the design of it, the bubble kind of rounded edges, it makes it look nice. And quite frankly, I think Apple did it slightly better. And sure, Apple, Android did it years before, but it, it doesn't matter because face unlock, face recognition has been on Android for centuries, if, but it's never been as good as Apple's Face ID. Apple can take something and they can make it leaps and bounds better, but you might not get it 10 years before, you know. So I think it's quite good that Apple has done the widgets. We finally got a major home screen redesign. It's not really a redesign because the icons and stuff are still the same. But nonetheless, I mean, I love the widgets. I think the widgets are fantastic. Um, 
and you do get bored of them, but it's a, it's a new way of being able to use your phone. It's really emphasizing on being having more in-depth information and still being able to like basically get the information that you need. Um, and you can see down there a bit that the most revolutionary feature of all that took them only a few years to do uh, is the, uh, the call sequence. So now instead of the phone hijacking, we get, um, <laughs> I can't believe that this is what it's come to. We're, we're hyping up a feature <laughs> when, you don't, when you get a little banner at the top for a phone call and you don't get the whole phone screen taken up. I've got to applaud to Apple there. They did it, they finally did it. Uh, it took them long enough to do it. Uh, it's a bit buggy at the moment, but it's fantastic. You can use the, the phone at your will and now you can dismiss phone calls if you don't want to answer it. It's damn revolutionary uh, and it's almost like, you know, they're the first company to do it, but they aren't. We've also got the app library, um, which is the app drawer, basically just iOS version. And again, I don't know what it is, but I feel like Apple has done it better. So they haven't just basically, just, well, I don't know, for lack of better words, just dumped the apps onto the app drawer. They've categorized it in folders uh, and you get suggestions based on how much you use that app. And I just think it's a, it's a much better way of approaching having a library of apps. So you can see the, the most used apps are big at the front and you get the small ones kind of down the corner and the animations are really nice as you open them up. I think it's a much better approach to it and it's pretty easily accessible. You just go to the end of, the, uh, end of your pages on your phone and it's there. And that's another thing that they did as well. It, you can't see it on here, they don't really show it, but you have the ability now to hide pages on your phone. So if you don't like the page that's on your phone that's full of apps, you can hide it and you don't have to scroll through to see it, which is great. Um, I just think it's interesting that Apple does this all now. Um, I think I don't even think it comes down to the fact that it takes them years to, to, to really like, f like make it, like finalize it and make it good. I don't think it takes that. I do think that it solely just comes down to the fact that Apple likes to wait. Apple likes their customers to complain because in a way complaining makes headlines, if anything. I mean, and then when, and remember when Apple and I was 13 redesigned the volume HUD and everyone went berserk. That's probably something that Apple wants. Apple wants people to go berserk because quite frankly, going berserk gets news headlines. You don't see Android a lot in the news headlines for new innovations. So Apple does that well. So that, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Tim Cook here. I don't know his marketing strategies, but I do believe that's partly a reason as to why they do that. Um, we've also got picture in picture, which took, did again take them long enough, <laughs> um, which is great. So you can now watch, you can't watch YouTube natively in the app. You do have to scroll to, you do have to go to the web browser version, but you can watch Netflix apparently. I haven't tried it myself yet, but you can get Netflix and picture in picture, um, which is great. And one thing as well that I did tweet out on my Twitter, uh, that I did notice there's a few little nihilty-piggulty things that Apple didn't tell you, but uh, just going on my Twitter here, there is a new indicator that tells you up the top here, if we zoom in here, you can see up the top there on the control center, there's now a, um, a depending on what you're using, so there's an orange little dot above the Wi-Fi uh, reception signal that tells you if you're using your, mic if an app using your microphone 
or if something's using your camera, and you can go into the control center and it will tell you more about what that what that app is and what it's what it's using. So that's an interesting way of tackling that. Uh, Apple did say that they're tackling privacy a lot more. Uh, there's the new, uh, I don't know, it's like kind of like a, a blocker report on Safari that helps you keep track of who's tracking you um, and you know if it's blocked anything on the web, which is great. Apple's taking a good approach to privacy and security, which I love. Uh, the next, well, this is this is an interesting one. So. I think Apple's done a really good job on the messages. I think Apple has always been good at doing messages and it just shows it more here with iMessage. So you can now pin conversations, which is great. It's great to have the most primary conversations that you use the most at the top. But what, what takes it further for me is the fact that they've done real attention to detail. So you can see here, when you get a notification, you can see that when that person is typing, you get a notification and it actually shows you in that little bubble who wrote and what they wrote. It's fantastic. It works great for group chats as well. The little profile pictures kind of so like here, the little profile pictures surround themselves around the profile picture and you can see who's texted what and who's typed what. I just think it's, 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 context at a glance instead of having to go into a conversation and try and find out who said what and wait for a type it's 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 context it's deep context without having to actually go far to find it which is something that a lot of a lot of software needs you know you have to go digging deeper to find stuff we're here it's just it's at, at, at the front of the screen you can see it all you don't have to go digging deep which is great and i've also done more to the group chat which do people really use the group chat feature in iMessage? I I don't. I mean, I literally just created a random group chat just for the sake of seeing the new features. But I mean, no one really uses the group chat feature. But nonetheless, you can now um, you can now do inline replies. You can mention people. It's it's basically just Messenger for Apple, really. Um, but I've always loved the Apple ecosystem. I've always loved Apple's iMessage. But the, that limitation is you have to have an iPhone to have a group chat, and it goes back to that old culture of you know you don't you've got the green bubbles, you don't have an iPhone. What are you like, poor? <laughs> it's it's really it's it sucks that you have to have that, and that's why well they did say two times that people have been using the group chat feature on iMessage two times more since I don't know I don't know what they base that on since lockdown since COVID. Um, so I mean people are obviously using it. There's a more need for it. But I just feel like for my friend basis and my contact basis, a lot of those people that I know don't have iPhones. So it really just defeats the purpose of not having an iPhone and doing a group chat. It's, it's weird. It's incredibly weird. So I would say the group chat feature is great. You can get new emojis and stickers. Again, how COVID affects a lot of the stuff that Apple does now. We've got face masks and ability to have on your emoji. Um, and I mean, an emoji, I guess, is good. I don't really know. I don't really use it that much. Uh, maps, there's a lot of the stuff here that's good. But I don't know. I really don't know. There's a there's a noticeable jump cut there. Don't care about that. It's not live, thank God. <laughs> I'm in a temporary studio where people are coming through and back, so ignore it. But, I mean, we could go over iOS 14 for quite a while. I'm literally just like an Apple spokesperson here that is just saying, new in iOS 14, the new Maps feature. 
but I don't want to sound like that. I'm, I get that you want to know, but like you can go on the Apple website and have a look. So I mean, that, that that's solely a lot of the iOS feature stuff in a nutshell. In a nutshell, I will say in a nutshell, I won't say much else, but yes, in a nutshell, that is a lot of the stuff. Um, so there's other stuff as well. We've got the voice memo. There's an ability to now to enhance the voice, which is fantastic. I think that's great. Um, I think Apple is, I think voice memos, I don't know. I feel like voice memos is good in itself. A lot of people use it um, professionally even, and it's great now that you can cancel out noise, put effects on and stuff like that. I think that's great that you can do that. Um, I mean, there's, there's a lot of other stuff in here. The beautiful animations, uh, the new weather, you can get hourly forecasts. This this was being predicted before because Apple pardon, Apple bought Dark, Star, Dark Sky, I think it was, which was a, a very interesting weather app that kind of took took the news and put, uh, took the weather and put a twist on it. And it was very in-depth and very contextual and had a lot of information in it. So Apple's obviously bought that and they've put that into their software so they can have an ability to tell the weather a bit better. But I think the weather app's great on itself. So I think we're done with iOS 14. It's great, it's a good app, it's a good app, it's a good update. It gets the thumb of approval from me. <laughs> These are two things I will say about this. So people have been digging and finding hidden features in iOS that Apple didn't mention. And one of them is Backtap. So I can try and find it here for you. But basically iOS lets you tap the back of your phone and it gives you the ability to do different shortcuts. So double tap the back of your phone, you can take a screenshot, double tap the back of your phone, you can lock it, triple tap, you can God knows what, you can basically do anything. Here's it, here's it, in, here's it in theory here. So you've got the phone, you back tap it, it takes a screenshot, fantastic. Revolu revolutionary in my eyes, quite frankly. But you back tap it, it, uh, it <laughs> That is a good one. <laughs> so I give that I give that to them. You can triple tap the back of your phone and it can launch the Google Assistant. So if you don't like Siri, who has got an all new design, um, she's again like the, the phone calls UI. She has a little circle at the bottom and she basically just gives you information at the top. However, you can't keep scrolling and looking at your information. So it might as well be like she's the full entire screen because you can't do things while she's in the background but you do have that screen real estate to kind of refer to when you're talking to her. Um, so the back tap feature is interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it now and going, that's actually pretty damn cool. You can add notes. It literally just taps on the back. But I did turn this off and I did tweet about it and I caused a bit of an uproar on my Twitter. Um, ben, Gis ben Geskin, Ben Geskin, um, sorry if I butchered the name, but he basically asked, what would you not want to, what, what do you want to see different in the next iOS? And I said the, remo <laughs> the removal of the back tap feature. But it's true, a lot of, I think a lot of people are having that problem now as well. You put the phone down and it automatically takes a screenshot. I mean, my phone is literally full of so many screenshots because I just put the phone down and <laughs> it takes a screenshot. So I, I see a purpose for it but I also don't see a purpose for it. I just think it's a bit of a gimmick, which a lot of things that Apple does is. But there's other good things as well. We've, you, you've got the, now they've basically taken the Apple Watch feature, 
the hearing feature where you can get notifications if you're listening too loud. They've put it into the control center. So when you've got headphones on, it can tell you when something's too loud, uh, if it's damaging your hearing for prolonged sessions. And going on to the sound thing, there's also a feature which is meant for hard of hearing people, but I think it's just fun to mess around with. Uh, it's a feature that tells you when there is a sound happening. So basically, it'll alert you if it hears stuff like a doorbell or a fire alarm. So there's this here. Um, I don't know what he's playing here, but basically you can do fire alarm, smoke, baby crying, baby crying, water running, water, like water running. But yes, you can get water running, um, cats meowing, doorbells, um, trying to think of other stuff as well. But it's basically just a lot. And I tried it myself. It, it gets shouting as well, which I thought is incredibly interesting. And I tried it out the other day. Uh, I posted a few TikToks on it. Um, and it was, it's buzzy. It takes a bit of time for it to pick up on what the sound is, but it's buzzy. Like I was walking past the bathrooms and someone was washing their hands and I got a notification on my phone that said, uh, we detect sound of water running. And then there was a dog barking and then I, I did a fake fire alarm. Um, I did the fire alarm with my voice. I was like, Oop. <laughs> and surprisingly enough, the phone picked that up as a fire alarm. So it's interesting. It's good for hard of hearing people, but I think it's also handy. I've left it on. I've left the door knocking um, and I've left the alarms on because most of the time I don't hear a door knock. So it's nice to, if an iPhone can pick up the sound of a door knocking, then hey, it's even better for me. Uh, and as well as fire alarms, I don't know when I'd even need that because I mean, I'm not hard of hearing, so I'm gonna be in the room and when I hear a fire alarm going off, I'm gonna know when the fire alarm's going off. I don't need an app to tell me that. But it's there nonetheless, it's helpful, it's interesting. It's just another thing that Apple has decided to put in. But it's good, it's good. Don't get me wrong, it's good. It, it's good for accessibility and Apple's big on accessibility and making you know dis, um, disability, disadvantaged people still able to use their phones, like the whole voice control thing, it's great. Uh, I won't bash it, but I just think it's interesting. Um, so a lot of other stuff happened as well. Uh, we have the Mac OS Big Sur, yes sir. <laughs> I refuse to call it Big Sur. Um, <laughs> I, I do, I simply just refuse to call it Big Sur. Um, it's weird, it's just incredibly weird, but it's, they've decided to do a redesign uh, and much to a lot of people's hatred, they don't like it. So I'm gonna do my take on it real quick. So let's find it real quick on here. So you can see here that it's interesting. I feel like, I feel like, I don't know, what am I gonna say here? I just need to think about what I'm gonna say here because I like it, but I don't like it. It's interesting. So I don't know, it's just, I feel like Apple has taken the old OS, OS X 10 design and they've gone, we really like that, but we also really like the, the new, you know, the Catalina icons, the, you know, the icons that have been on Mac OS for years. We really like that. So why don't we try and just have a baby with it, you know, <laughs> a baby with it basically and, and try and birth icons that look like, that basically look like the old OS X, but the new Mac OS. And it's, it's a bit of a cluster, it's a bit of a cluster, 
F if I'm quite frank with you. It's ugly. Let's just get that out of the way. It is ugly. There's some things in it that are nice, that I like. It's nice to have the shadows and it's a bit more 3D. Uh, it's got a bit more depth to it. But I just think it's a bit of a backward step for something that Apple was trying to do minimalism with. But I feel like they've gone over the top with it. I mean, if we look at uh, tweets from Marquez Brownlee, uh, one thing that a lot of people don't like is the battery indicator inside the battery. Uh, I mean, I agree. I mean, what the, what is that? Like, what is that? That is so backwards for me. That is basically taking something that was good and changing it just because you feel like you need to change it because you've had the same look for years. It's, it's backwards. It's, it's completely weird. I don't know if it's a placeholder for the actual icon that's coming, but I really hope that they change that because that is just completely backwards. I don't get why they were trying to do this or what they were trying to do. Um, people think it was their silicon, their new silicon that they're making their chips. They think that they were trying to change it up to try to, to say, look, this is a new generation of Mac. This is a new generation of Mac OS. But I just feel like they really, really missed the mark on it. I mean, dear Apple, my only Mac OS Big Sur feature request is to completely redesign this icon. That's all. Thank you. It's grim. It's really not the nicest. So that was really, that was everyone, that's all that anyone can focus on. I mean, forget about, you know, the new Safari features where you can actually have pictures as the Safari home screen on your Safari main page, which is fantastic. I've always wanted that. Like, I actually want to use Safari now. And I love Safari. I think Safari is fast. I think Safari is great. But that just needed some personalization. It needs some touch to it. So now that we've got a touch to it, I feel like people are going to want to use Safari a lot more. Um, so we have that. We have, uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's so much here. There's the car key feature. Um, and Mac OS, I mean, revolutionary wallpapers for the CarPlay wall. You get a wallpaper now for your car. Now, what's cool is the AirPods update. I don't, I, let's ditch Mac OS. Let's get rid of Mac OS here because, listen, Mac OS is great. Big Sur, new icon redesign. Um, it's good. I mean, you can, you can, you can, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to cover it because I feel like Mac OS is the same every year. Uh, and to be honest, I watched the keynote and not a lot changed. And it's not being hard or anything like that, but my opinion on it is is really just the fact that it's not a lot has changed. Uh, it's really just the same, and I, I I like it. I like the redesign, other than the icons, the the transparency, uh, the control center now, which has basically just ripped iPhone control center and put it into the Mac. But the way they've done it, I feel like it's intended to feel like you need to touch the screen to be able to change the controls but it's actually touch. So it's, it's different to me, it's interesting. But we've got the sidebars, uh, you've got, it's really just, it's really the, the same. I mean, I've got the, every year they do the same things. It's 50% faster than Chrome, uh, one more hour, hour battery life than Chrome. Uh, you get the same group chat feature and iMessage features. And that's the same for iPad OS. Um, I'll touch on iPadOS a little bit later because there is one good thing with iPadOS that I love that I think is great and I think that really sets iPad out from a lot of other, uh, other, other companies 
uh, and it really helps push Apple's Apple's vision that the iPad is is now becoming a replacement for the computer. And I do really believe that it is becoming a bit of a a bit of a uh, a, a bit of a you know a next the next computer. I can't get my words out really. This is so awkward. This is the first episode. This isn't my own studio. Um, so let's quickly touch on um, what was I going to say? I think we're going to touch on. Um, AirPods, that's it, AirPods. So this is interesting, it only works for AirPods Pro, so unfortunately it doesn't work for any, any AirPods, AirPods 1 or Generation 2, but it's spatial awareness. So it's taking the theatre sound that you get, you know, you get the 3D spatial audio from theatres, and it's putting that into your AirPods, which is great nonetheless. But what, what they go an extra step further that the gyroscopes can track where the movement of your head is, so it can kind of keep the sound level, so it doesn't sound like it's kind of um, generated and fake, kind of. So it and it moves with the device as well. So when you move around, it knows where you're moving, and when you've put that device down, it's buzzy. No one's been able to test it yet because I don't think Apple have allowed it yet. But it's great nonetheless. I think that's a cool feature to have. Great work. That's what we need. And I think AirPods are already great. Um, but that just takes it a step further, which is awesome. And furthermore, onto that, um, speaking of iPad, why don't we just get into iPad OS? Um, so I will say not a lot has changed with iPad OS, uh, other than the one, the one noticeable thing I will say is the new Apple Pencil support with it. It's fan freaking fantastic. So it's really taking Apple Pencil and iPad and it's just making, making babies with it. So you can now write anywhere on the iPad with your own handwriting on the Apple Pencil and it will convert it to that actual text. So convert handwriting to type text automatically in any text field. It's freaking amazing. So, and this is, I was watching the keynote and I was like, that, this is insane. So if you don't like a word that you wrote, you can scribble just like you do on a piece of paper when you don't like a word or you've said something wrong, you scribble it so no one knows that you wrote that, wrote that word. You can do that on the iPad, but it actually deletes the word, which is like, like, I don't, oh, it's mind baffling because it's so damn cool, but like, who's gonna use it? Like, it's cool, but who's really going to use it? Who's going to remember to do that? Although I may be proven wrong here because it's going to, be, it's going to feel like second nature to feel like you're actually writing on paper, but you're actually writing on an iPad. So when you're writing out a sentence on your iPad and you go, ah, shoot, I've made a wrong, I've made a mistake, and you just with the Apple Pencil, you go, and it deletes the word, and you go, oh, I don't have to go back, 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 and I can keep writing, and if I want to convert it to text, it can just automatically convert to text for me. And if it's handwritten notes, if it's handwritten writing, it can automatically change the color for it. And if I want to draw a shape, but I want it to be a freehand, I mean, look at it. Look, it actually colors the text and highlights the text. And if you want to make a shape, you can hold down and it makes the shape that you draw, that you drew. It's, it's great. Like, okay, I changed my point, I, I changed my opinion and point of view on it. It's fantastic. It is damn good. And I think that that is something that Apple's been lacking. Apple's been really lacking a reason for people to go out and buy an Apple Pencil. If you're not an artist, 
there's not really a lot of need for you to be having an Apple Pencil. But now there is. Now there's there's a um, there's a pull for people to just have an have the Apple Pencil as just an accessory that's lying around. I mean, the AirPods, everyone thought, who the hell is gonna want AirPods? But now Apple AirPods have just become this first nature thing that you buy an Apple product and you need to go out and get AirPods and you need to have your AirPods with you because it's just, it's an extension onto the phone. It's an extension onto the experience. And now the Apple Pencil is exactly that. It's an extension onto the iPad experience. So now you feel like you need an Apple Pencil to really get the full to get the full, like, I don't I don't know what I'm saying. I'm like, just, you need an Apple Pencil to really get the fullest out of iPad. So if you don't have an Apple Pencil, you feel like you're missing out. Just like, you know, if you don't have AirPods, you feel like you're missing out on something. And now even so with the spatial audio, like if you don't have that Apple thing, you don't feel like you're actually using Apple. And that is great for iPad OS. And that's really the only noticeable thing that I will say on iPad OS. A lot of other stuff, it's cross-platform basically, so whatever iPad OS gets, iOS is going to get too, basically. And whatever iOS gets, iPad OS is going to get as well. So you've got the same thing, the Memojis, the group chat features, um, and because you've got a bigger screen on the iPad now, you can get sidebars, which furthermore kind of pushes Apple's need to sell the iPad as a computer. Uh, having that screen real estate almost the same size as a MacBook Pro, having the sidebars on the side now is, is fantastic. So you can see here, uh, you can see that you get the sidebars on the side, where if I can find it, I'm really not doing very well now, am I? <laughs> I'm not doing a good job, I'm trying to find it. Oh, Siri is tiny down the corner of the screen now, which is interesting. It's actually gone back to, I think, I think that was a feature back in one of the early iOS's, when Siri was like a small little icon down the corner. Um, yeah, well, I can't really show you the sidebars because Apple doesn't really show it. Um, yeah, that's kind of an example there, when you've got the sidebars on the side. Uh, and one thing that's great as well, Siri has 20 more facts. And I tried it the other day, um, and it's great because you can have a more in-depth conversation. So I can ask, you know, who's the, who was the 42nd President of the United States? She'll tell me. And then I don't have to say the same thing again. I can just say, so how old was he? Does he have any kids? And then she'll actually be able to give me the information and continue on the conversation without me having to reiterate, like, how old is the 42nd president? How does the 42nd president of the United States have any kids? You just continue the conversation on. So that's good. That's something that Google and a lot of other assistants had. But Apple is kind of only just caught up now, which is fantastic. Great work, Apple. Another applaud there for you. Um, so really, I get that this was an incredibly disjointed, um, a disjointed episode. It didn't really have any structure. I just really wanted to just get into it and kind of just give my thoughts on it and kind of just speak my mind on it. And I will speak my mind on one thing, is Apple's decision to switch to their own chip and ditch Intel. Now, Intel will be peeved because Intel has been providing chips for the Apple products for years. And now for Apple to just go, hey, we're done with you. We're gonna design our own thing now. It's, it's due time because Apple have been designing their own chips for their iPhone, their iPads, and their TV OSs and stuff like that. And it's great. I mean, the iPad OS, I think they said in the keynote, is a thousand times faster than what the iPad was 10 years ago. Like, that's incredible. So 
And that's all just down to Apple's own A12Z chip, basically. It's all down to that. So it's, it's harder to translate that to a much more heavier computer, but I feel like now that Apple has control of their, of their code and their, of, not of their code, of their chips, of their internals, they can really fine tune it. So you're not gonna get the thermal throttling like when you did with the Intel MacBook Pros. They're gonna be able to really control that more because it's their own chip and they don't have to wait for Intel to come up with the idea and design it. Apple can do it themselves now. And it's not gonna happen immediately. Uh, Apple did say the first uh, Apple Silicon-based MacBook Pro or MacBook will be coming by the end of this year, early next year. But the, the transition to go completely from Intel to Apple Silicon is gonna take about two years. And developers have have this weird decision between whether they want to optimize their apps for Intel-based MacBooks or they want to optimize it for Apple Silicon-based MacBooks. And that's a tough decision to make right now because all of the MacBooks currently are Intel. So you're going to want to obviously optimize it for the most up-to-date Macs. But when you start to get more and more Macs that have Apple Silicon in them, you're going to really need to start thinking about whether you want to, you know, put your money and effort into optimizing it for Apple Silicon. It comes down to who your target market is. If you're designing an app, who is it going to be for? And what is that person going to use as a computer? So are they gonna get the newest MacBook with the Apple Silicon in it? Or are they gonna go get a, a cheaper MacBook with the Intel in it? That's when you need to kind of weigh it up and go, listen, my, my consumers are going to buy Apple Silicon computers. So I need to optimize it for Apple Silicon. But Apple's trying to make that transition easier. They're giving them basically a Mac Mini, which has basically got the internals of the latest iPad Pro inside of it. And it gives them all the kits for Xcode to be able to optimize their apps. And Adobe and Microsoft Office have already natively supported Apple Silicon, because uh, in the keynote they were on the new Mac Pro, which looks so sexy by the way. Um, they were actually using their own Apple Silicon to show off all of the demos. So Adobe and all that, they've already kind of updated it, all ready to go for when Apple Silicon does come out, but we won't see that probably until the end of the year. And it was, it was interesting to, everyone was thinking hardware was going to be released as well as software, but I feel like that Apple Silicon announcement was hardware enough. We didn't get any other hardware. We didn't get the new Apple Studio headphones, which is rumored to be announced soon. We didn't get any new MacBooks, iMacs. Um, we didn't get anything else. But I feel like the Apple Silicon was hardware enough. That was that took up a lot of the time at the end. So I feel like that was uh, that was hardware pretty. That was pretty hardware in a nutshell. Um, so we'll be seeing, like someone tweeted, Apple is going to be sh like pooing, like just hardware at their September event. Like they're going to be like everywhere you're going to go. Boom! Here's the new iPhone. Boom! Here's the new MacBook. Boom! Here's the new Apple headphones. But they're going to be it's going to be just a just a tornado of hardware on September. I'm predicting that now. I'm going to come back in September and I'm going to watch this episode and bet your bottom dollar that Apple has going to have released so much hardware that literally no one is going to be able to keep up. I'm predicting that. I will not put any money on that because I am incredibly broke. But I'm going to put that in the back of my mind and keep that in everyone's back of their minds as well. Apple is going to release so much hardware in September that no one is going to know what to do with it. So I'm excited for that. Uh, I'm excited for September. We've got a lot of iPhone 12 leaks coming out. 
pretty much the iPhone 12, about this time of year, iPhone is always usually fully leaked. And I feel like we've kind of gotten to that point where Apple has, where the iPhone 12 has been completely leaked. We know what's gonna happen. We know we're gonna go to the September event and we're gonna be, boom, there's the new iPhone 12. Cool, no one cares. But nonetheless, it's cool. It's cool to see that Apple is still innovating and it's, it's interesting again to see how this whole pandemic is affecting Apple's innovation, Apple's software. It's super, super interesting to see. And I think it's gonna be like this for a few more years. And then like I said, we're gonna look back in 10 years time and we're going to laugh and we're gonna go, remember the time when our Apple Watch told us to keep washing our hands because we really need to keep washing our hands? Like, <laughs> it's really, it's, it's gonna be an interesting time. So basically that's really all I have to talk about. Um, it was, again, it was a disjointed episode, I know, but I had notes, but really, it's kind of, it's a bit disjointed, it's everywhere. You can kind of check it out for yourself, really, on Apple's website, and I will most likely do a video going in-depth on iOS beta and my thoughts on it so far. I will do a more dedicated video to that, uh, rather than just a, a kind of off-the-whim episode, tech mode episode podcast. Um, one last thing I will say is a couple of things that I did want to cover here um, is sleep tracking. Now, sleep tracking, it's, sleep tracking has come to the watch and it's come to the iPhone, which is what everyone wanted. However, it's going to take a bit of time because I feel like when you compare it to Fitbit's sleep tracking, you have REM... Uh, you have deep sleep, you have all that info on it, but I don't think the Apple Watch is capable of doing that yet. So currently with, um, with the new sleep tracking, it really just shows you, it just helps you go to sleep, stay asleep and wake up right. Um, but I feel like them doing this now has set them up for, again, yet another hardware, uh, hardware release in September will be the new Apple Watch that has gyroscopics and stuff in there that will be able to tell you more about your sleep. So that'll be interesting to see when that happens, if it happens, who knows? I hope it happens because that'd be cool. And app clips as well is the last thing I'll touch on. Um, basically Apple's take on Android's instant apps. So if you're in a coffee shop and you need an app to order that coffee or get special prizes, or if you're gonna order a scooter and you don't have that app to be able to pay for the scooter, then Apple will download a short 10 megabyte max clip of that app, which will just allow you to be able to pay for it, sign up an account and use the app and use the feature that you need. And then basically it's, it's so much easier than having to buy, buy or get an app, which we all know we never use again. We download an app just to do one thing and then we put it away on the end of our pages and completely forget about it. So App Clips tackles that and now goes, there's an app clip for that. So now basically you'll be able to go out, get a quick clip of the app, do what you need to do with it and never have to worry about it again. Like it's gone. It'll be done after that, which is great. Congratulations, Apple. You did another good job on that. So I think we're going to end the episode there. Um, it's been, what, 45 minutes or so. A, a good talk. We covered iOS, iPadOS, macOS, and a lot of other features. So I will say my overall, <laughs> let's rate it. Let's rate WWDC. Let's give it, I'll give it a nine out of 10. No, eight, no, I'll give it an eight out of 10. I give it an eight because 
It was great pre-recorded. I think Apple needs to take that pre-recording route more often. It wasn't cringy. It, it just felt really well polished and it really flexed Apple's producing muscles that they can really produce good stuff. But I give it an eight because I just feel like they were lacking on a couple of things. They were lacking on hardware. That's one of my gripes. Hardware, which I think a lot of people want to see hardware, but they won't get the hardware. And then also, I feel like a lot of the software in itself was slightly lackluster. Sure, there was, you know, the new widgets and stuff. That's great. But it's just they, they hold out on a lot of stuff and they really split it up amongst the years. I just feel like we need an update where they just bam throw everything onto the phone, onto the software. But then it makes it harder for them. Yeah, nah, I give it a nine. Screw it. I give it a nine. The deduction of one point is because there wasn't any hardware and quite frankly because I didn't get to see the new Apple headphones, which I really want. So <laughs> Apple, you better release the damn headphones in the September event, which I will be interested to see if September event does go ahead or if it goes ahead online as well, which I'll be interested to see how they introduce an iPhone and they do a demo on an iPhone. I wonder how they'll do that in a pre-recorded episode. Hmm, that'll be interesting. So uh, let me know what you think. Drop a comment down below, hit the like, all that, all that normal YouTuber stuff, you know, subscribe. If you're listening on, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or another podcast platform, hit the follow button or the subscribe button, whatever button it is. Uh, there'll be more of these episodes coming soon. Um, I'm just waiting on a studio basically to get in there and give you some really high quality episodes. Uh, so make sure you keep up to date with me on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. They're all at Tech Mode Podcast. And I will say, I will say there is the new website, which is looking pretty pretty lavish, if I do say so myself. So if you head to uh, techmode.live, you get all the information there. I put a lot of effort into that website, so check it out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's basically it. So, well, I don't. What, what should my outro be? We need a good outro. Peace. <laughs> All right, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for watching this special episode of the WWDC Post uh, podcast episode. We'll see you soon.